On this week's edition of the Big Ditka's Fantasy Football Podcast, we talk about people getting fired, we talk about people getting COVID, and we talk about me finally winning a game. Here we go. Welcome to the Big Ditka's Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Big Ditka's Fantasy Football Podcast. You got Mike and Mike with you. Mike, how are you doing today, man? I am not doing too bad. I am on the road currently coming home, so uh, this is a mobile mic from this end. Both figuratively and literally, totally mobile. But that's all good. We're going to get through it anyways. We're going to get through it. Just like COVID, we're going to find ways. We're going to find new ways to approach things. And we're going to keep going with it, right? We're, we're going to get through this together. Exactly. That's that's the attitude I like. That's why I like you here, man. That's why I like you here. <laughs> week four. Week four. A big week this week. A lot of uh, A lot of movement this week in the league. We're going to talk about some of that. Um. In terms of you know some of the wins, so you know you had a you had a, a, an interesting an interesting loss to Jimmy last week. I finally my team showed up. Finally, Joe Mixon finally decided that hey, maybe winning is fun. Maybe he learned you know from Joe Burrow that winning can be fun, <laughs> and decided to show up. I don't know. Did you see by the way the um. The, the Deshaun Watson, the interview that, that he did after the game. No, I missed that. No, I was ashamed because he was like, you know, no matter what happened, like, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let this, this loss take my joy from me today. And, uh, I'm just going to go on and be joyful and enjoy, enjoy playing football. And I thought that was, that was pretty fun. I was like, yeah, that's going to be my attitude for the rest of the season. <laughs> well, you and me both. I mean, <laughs> It was a, it was a close loss, but I did lose. Um, I like to thank Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons for doing whatever they're doing, um, for attributing that that loss to me. But I was looking at the uh, at the standings. It's crazy. We have the same record. Um, when you look at the most points scored, it's nuts that um, I think it's Steve and Chris are less than a point separated. For scoring the most points in the league, which is insane. Um, but I'm six points behind them. And yep. they're both three and one, and I'm one and three. That's just sometimes how it goes. That is it's kind of like you, where you, you have players that just hit, and sometimes they don't. Yeah, and but let, thankfully, uh, this weekend they hit for you. Let's be fair on that, though. I mean, okay, in that respect, John's at 479 points. Chris is at 478. You're at 472. You and I have the same record. I have 361 points. So I have <laughs> less than uh, 110 points fewer than you. And we're tied for record. So that's, I get, that's how it goes, man. So, I mean, all that means is that, you know, you just keep doing what you're doing and you'll be all right. Oh, I'd also like to thank Kenyon Drake. Man, Kenyon Drake. I could have an episode about Kenyon Drake. I don't know what's going on with Kenyon Drake. I'm going to stop saying Kenyon Drake. After two more Kenyon Drakes, Kenyon Drake 
Kenyan Drake. I haven't really noticed. Uh, I haven't really been paying attention to Arizona very much. I noticed, like we discussed last week, and when on Sunday watching Red Zone, and I was like, they're not showing the Arizona, uh, Arizona Car- uh, Carolina game at all. They weren't showing very much of it, and um, I guess it was just that kind of game. But I don't know what's going on with Kenyon Drake. Um, and I even had a look too. I was like, maybe you know, is Chase Edmonds getting more work? Not really. You not know? really. It's. I watched a little bit of the game, and I don't know if it's him or if it's the game script. They keep on flipping it out to him. Rather than him going straight at the line, they're, they're giving him, they'll like get Kyler Murray to pass him the ball five yards in the backfield and just hope that he out, outruns people, and he's, and he's not doing it. And they just keep on doing that. So there's this highly touted, prolific back in, in all these years past that, Either he's not hitting his holes, or they're just not utilizing him. It's really strange. Well, it's especially strange given that they used him so effectively last last year at the end of the year. I mean, they he killed. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what are they doing different? Yeah. I, I haven't really paid enough attention, but uh, that is that is ultimately the question. It's true. Now let's talk about uh, just waivers real quick because it was a pretty busy night last night. Let's, let's see this. Let's start right out. <laughs> Now, some of you maybe noticed Wolves Wildcats. Mark is has posted online that he's willing to trade some wide receivers, looking for some running backs. But I think we're all pretty much looking for running backs at this point. You've got some interesting pickups there. Um, uh, the where where am I looking here? Cam Akers. You know, he picked up Cam Akers last night off of waivers, which was an interesting interesting move. We'll see if that pays off for him. Um, Dernest Johnson. Got picked up by uh, by Sandra. I picked up Jamal Williams and then quickly flipped him for Justin Jackson because I was reading that Ooh. some, and I thought, hey, why not? And then Chris picked up Chase Edmonds. So working off that Kenyon Drake, that's actually what prompted me to have a look at this. Working on that Kenyon Drake idea, maybe Chase Edmonds is the guy. See the thing. Well, those are some interesting pickups. One thing I'll say about Chase Edmonds, they're not using him enough. Like. Kenyon Drake is getting used. He's getting most of the touches. Mm. I mean, maybe that changes because of the the ineffective qualities that are showing up these weeks. But yeah, Chase Edmonds isn't getting a lot of touches. But it's smart to pick up smart to pick up Chase Edmonds because if Drake doesn't get it going, like I mean, they might just they might just try him out. So so good on Chris. Well, do you know? I mean, who's getting like to me? One of the big questions when this happens is who's getting the red zone touches and i don't i have no idea so i'll have to look that up it's mainly drake it's mainly drake but they're not using it well so Mm. edmonds also gets red zone touches it's not as many so yeah like i mean it's it's hedging your bets it's not a bad pickup and like you said there are so many question marks around running backs right now because of all the injuries and we're getting into bye week so it's uh it's strange times right now Exactly. So, I mean, everybody's looking. I looked last night on the waivers and I thought there's really, you know, Jamal Williams is the only guy who I thought had, I mean, obviously, you know, if I'm picking him up, I'm thinking something, right? But, you know, there was a lot of talk about how uh, Matt LaFleur was saying he wanted to use him more, uh, you know, or the commentators were saying that. But, you know, sometimes you hear that and they go, oh, we got to use this guy more. And then you go, oh, they, they just said that, but they're not actually using him more. But they used him well enough on Monday that I thought he was worth a pickup. But again, it was against Atlanta, which you know they were it's, kind of yeah. Bad. They're 
they're just a dumpster, especially their defense is awful. Now they're a mess even on offense, which is the one thing they had going for them. Um, I will say, you know, it's Aaron Jones' team, absolutely, the Packers, but they are trying to get Williams involved, so to me it makes sense. I mean, at this point, you know, you're kind of looking maybe I'll you're looking at handcuffs, maybe I'll get the next injury, but I was actually thinking about it. Like, how many teams aren't running back by committee right now? Like, it seems like most of the teams in the league are running back by committee. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, Green Bay, it seemed like Aaron Jones was going to be leading the way for the entire season the way he started this year. But, you know, getting Jamal Williams included on Monday night, maybe they're also going to start spreading the love. Well, when so they're it's not at- really a, a bad thing to get to a team that's got an explosive offense, grabbing one of the pieces of that offense. Probably not a bad idea. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Well, I had I had actually emailed Tony because I noticed he had Michael Thomas who was out in his bench, and I said uh, my recommendation to Tony is I said, look, put Michael Thomas in an IR. We have IR spots; they're there for a reason, and pick up Jamal Williams because you know what we know is that if Aaron Jones does go down, it, Jamal Williams is going to fly through the roof. And I was like, you've got the oh, spot. Yeah put it in there but uh some people like to play that way some people don't and uh he opted not to so i picked him up and then subsequently dropped him <laughs> but that's okay i'm okay with that i'm okay i'm, I'm impressed also because I, I realized that i'm not i'm not actually leading the, the league in moves so maybe i'm learning my balance because sandra's at 23 moves right now which i think is pretty amazing for four weeks right like that's Wow. That's a lot of moves, which is awesome. That is a lot of moves. <laughs> but she's chasing New England. That's the thing. She's chasing New England. Last year she had New England as the defense and they just destroyed and I you know, I commented to her in the chat that she's chasing. I loved her comment also saying like maybe I'll have to have a team meeting. I was I wasn't sure if anybody read any of my chat, but I didn't care. It's <laughs> like I'm just gonna keep posting because it's I I I couldn't believe how shitty my team has been. And you know, I actually found out that um as I mentioned, uh, Kirk Cousins was RB32 that one week. Uh, the, the next week I started Cam Newton, who was, uh, sorry, QB, QB32. Cam Newton the next week was QB28 on the, on the league. So, um, feeling good. So I was glad that Gardner Minshew actually did something for me. And that was exciting to have a quarterback who actually did something. So that's what I'll say for that. Now let's talk about uh, just general NFL, what's going on. I say sports, you say nuts. Sports, nuts. Sports, nuts. So, I mean, there's been a lot going on this week. And this week, it looks like, is when the COVID shit is really going on. So if, you know, I actually messaged the league also to say if they have been following, um, you know, Cam Newton tested positive. But now uh, another player for New England, uh, Gilmore. Their cornerback has tested positive, so that's putting their game in question as to what's going to happen. Two more players tested positive on the Titans. A lot of talk of whether or not that means the Bills game this Sunday is going to be canceled. They also uh, were caught practicing when they were barred from practicing. So now there's talk of what kind of penalties might occur, what will happen, what will the league do, especially given that they've had a lot of meetings recently. Um and then there's a rumor of a player on the Raiders who's got COVID as well. So, you know, I mentioned, you know, we, we, one of the reasons our waiver wires are so deep is because we have, uh, seven bench spots as opposed to the normal six. We've, we've added the IR spot. So, you know, the good thing I'm seeing is that our teams are not, you know, we're not 
dropping players out of necessity, right? Out of like, well, I have to drop yeah. this guy that I really like because I have no choice. So it seems like we're keeping the talent on our teams, which I think is good. And yeah, you know, that's, I, you know, we shouldn't want to, we shouldn't have to drop somebody because they're on a bye week to, you know, so I'm really happy about that, but it'll be interesting to see as we move into the bye weeks, what the league's going to do. I've heard rumors. I don't know if you've even heard this about rumors of them adding a week 18, which I, I didn't hear that, but I heard rumors of, I'm sure this was rampant speculation, but it was last week of owners already proposing just taking a two week break, rejigging the schedule, um, and kind of getting all, getting everything in order, um, so that they can deal with any potential outbreaks and then come back and then complete the season. And this, this, um, this to me was the biggest risk of this season is, and, and I, I, I had chatted about it in some forums online to try to find a solution because I'm, I wasn't concerned about a team having a game postponed, but what I'm concerned with is a situation like we're seeing now in Tennessee, where what happens if they don't play this week as well? And what happens if they don't play the next week? It took the Marlins a month to get back on the field. So what's going to happen in terms of fantasy if you have an entire team and, again, all the teams are playing against being removed from that? But most of the answers I got was, you know, treat it like it's a game that's postponed. Treat it like it's, you know, um, I couldn't really find a good answer. But this is my biggest concern because if Tennessee's out for a few weeks, I mean, what do you do? Again, now we're in a situation where they are not labeled as COVID. Do we drop those players? Because we might need to, right? That's a fantastic question. And I have Johnny Smith, so this hits me directly. Um, it's, I mean, this is the point where the season... When, when everything broke out with the Marlins and then the Cardinals, and I think there was another team in baseball, you know, the season was at risk. This yeah. was early in that, in that season, and it was make or break. Um, at that point, you know, something had to happen. Uh, for baseball, they got through it, um, and they seemed to have done well. I was always really wary going into the football season because – not just because of the close contact and everything like that that comes along with the sport, but just how many people are involved with the team. Mm-hmm. Like you're looking at easy a hundred people per team. Like the the risk of infection is is just so high. Um, I'm, I'm I also if the league takes drastic action. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if something crazy happens this week. I'm, if we don't have a, a week this week, um, I mean it could happen. Uh, it kind of goes back to what we were saying before with just, you know, we all have to pay closer attention this year, um, to our, to our schedule, to, to our rosters. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we're going to find out it's not just, you know, game time decisions for like a player with a hamstring injury. Now it's game time decisions as if a team's going to even be allowed to take the field. Well, and complete, uh, complete uncertainty, right? Because again, with a hamstring, you know, they'll announce, okay, the player's out for two to four weeks and you, you know, you have a sense. You can see, were they practicing this week? Were they practicing in full? What is their situation? What are they saying about it? This is completely out of the player's control, right? So, it really is. you know, and they're healthy. So you can't be, you can't use up an IR spot. They're not IR. And Yahoo obviously hasn't made that change. I saw some. Some some places where they allowed for them to be placed on IR or stuff like that. So, I mean, it's a whole new situation, right? I think Yahoo would 
if something drastic happened with the league, I think something drastic would happen with the Yahoo Fantasy League. I can't imagine that they wouldn't go hand in hand because at that point, they'd have to address it. So I wouldn't be surprised if we did see an update um, at some point uh, from Yahoo making some sort of provision because it's, it's for, it's, I know this is just a fantasy sport. We play it for fun, but you know, there's got to be some direction in terms of how to navigate this kind of situation from on high. Cause we can't, we can't program the system to make it do what we want it to do. Ultimately the word comes down from Yahoo. So I wouldn't be surprised if we did hear something from the league. Itself. I think the other challenge with that though, is that, if they want to do something now, if they do something too late, then it also it also means that um, you know there are people who are going to be affected and go, hey, well that I didn't get that. So you know, there's always a question of fairness. Now, I, you know, I'll say we're, we're we're in a great league. You know, we're in a league that I've read of some people already having some really big issues and this person at a drop and and all kinds of crazy stuff. So um, you know, we're we we seem to be in a pretty happy league of people who. Uh, you know, just enjoy playing fantasy football. So I'm glad for that. Oh, for sure. And like we discussed, you know, we should alert the league when there's any big thing going on. I think that's fantastic. Uh, you taking that on as the league commissioner, giving people email heads up um, about potential cancellations of games. You know, we're in this for fun. And I think we're, you know, we're dealing with this ridiculous situation and awful situation. Um, ridiculous in terms of the sport because of how much it's turning the NFL on its head this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're dealing with it really well as a league. So that, that's a hat tip to you as commissioner. So well done, Mike. Hey, I'll tell you, you know, I, I mean, as much as it's fun to play against a team that's, that's not starting players or has players in starting positions that don't have games and winning those, um, that's not really that fun. I mean, you know, it's more fun to, to beat the person fairly. Other things that happened this week, I mean, Bill O'Brien got fired. I don't know if you guys also saw this week, Kyle Allen uh, is going to be the QB for Washington. Dwayne Haskins was actually dropped to third on the roster. Now, I wanted to ask you, whoa, it just hit my mic. I wanted to ask you about Bill O'Brien because um, one thing I don't know and is when the, when a coach gets fired, what does the team like where in fantasy do we see benefit does that mean they're going to get more back to say basics and try to do you know how does the team react do we look at Houston and go you know and and I think I think pretty consistently if I'm not mistaken uh, when a coach has gotten fired the team has actually gone out and performed fairly well the next week right and trying to kind of prove that hey you know we can we can keep going but do you look at the core guys more or do you look at some of the fringe guys? Where's the benefit? And I'm asking you cause I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have enough experience in terms of fantasy per se to give a direct answer to that, but just in terms of, you know, I want a football, football answer. And, and yeah. Um, I mean, you want to look, you want to look at star players who have been underperforming or star players who haven't been given a chance. Um, usually that's those players are the, that's part of the crux of the reason why the coach gets let go. You know, mm-hmm. why are we winning? Well, our stars aren't performing. Okay. Let's make our stars perform for so the next coach that comes in, you know, generally 
leans on them. So uh, I would say that the marquee names, you know, you can look at them for hopefully a bounce back, uh, big response coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, I mean, there's, there's multiple factors. You got to look at the coach that they bring in. Um, you know, are they going to be like a West Coast offense or a more traditional fundamental coach? You know, do they do, you know, dual tight end splits? Do they, uh, there's a lot of questions about, about how they run the team. So, um, it's not as straight and forward necessarily as like a sport like uh, basketball and hockey. And not to say that there's not strategy in that, but you know, like there's strategic formations that you implement in football. Mm-hmm. Um, that can Im- that can impact a fantasy player's value. So um, I would say look for look look for the look to the stars of the Texans and see how they're going to perform. Um, I would I wouldn't be surprised if they have a boost at least this coming week. Um, but it also does depend on who's I don't know who's replacing. I don't know either. O'Brien yeah, coach or GM. Uh, oh, they got booted from both. I mean, he deserves. He kind of deserved to lose. Both jobs, not that anyone deserves to lose a job, but like the moves that, that he was making and kind of the ways he was utilizing his players, they weren't fantastic. So, um, but it, I am interested to see who they're going to bring in. I thought, I mean, he, he looked a little better last year bringing in um, Lamar Miller and Carlos Hyde. They did okay, but I mean, everybody obviously looks at the DeAndre Hopkins deal and kind of scratches their head. And, and this seems a confirmation that. I don't know that that was the best trade for the long term because DeAndre Hopkins is freaking good. So, yeah, let's talk as about. As I told you before, as a Miami Dolphins fan, that trade was fantastic because the Dolphins <laughs> owned their first and second round picks this coming year. So I'm actually kind of upset that O'Brien's been let go because things are looking great <laughs> for our draft stocks as a Miami Dolphins football fan. <laughs> so let's talk about talent. Let's talk about it. Is this the So let's talk about, I mean, firstly, again, last week we talked about uh, Rex Burkhead and uh, the fact that, you know, like you were the one who really said, no, he's not the one. And sure enough, he was not. And uh, he hurt. He hurt people. He hurt people this week. Um, You know, I I was interested to see how James White kind of performed and he didn't either. It looks like, I mean, Damian Harris was the guy, which is like, like, you know, as we all know, New England, they'll, they don't really, they don't really care. It's next man up there. And if you're not performing, then hey, no problem. Let's get you up there. So I'm interested to see where that all goes. But this week, I wanted to talk to you about uh, somebody who's been kind of on the up, upward swing. And that's Robert Tunyon of the Green Bay Packers. Now looking at just, you know, the stats wise, week one, he had 48 snaps, nothing. Uh, week two, three targets, two receptions, 25 yards, one touchdown. Week three, five targets, five receptions, 50 yards, one touchdown. And then week four, I mean, this was the big week. Six targets, six receptions, 98 yards, three touchdowns, 27.8 points. Uh, he's played, um, yeah, 39, 44 snaps. Um, you know, to me, I'm looking at it going, um, you know, what I want in a tight end is a tight end who's going to get in the end zone because the tight ends who who are ending up in the top tier are the ones who are in the end zone. And, you know, this is one thing that I found with Zach Ertz last year was, uh, again, and I always go to who I have on my team, but I had Zach Ertz, and I found he would get the ball, he would get targets, 
But when it came to the end zone and the red zone, they were looking at Dallas Goddard and they were using him more to as a decoy. So, you know, yeah. I want to know, and I even pulled up, and it's a shame, it's a shame you're in your car because I even pulled up his like workout metrics to see um, where he ranks in those metrics compared to a lot of other guys. And he's got really good agility and speed. Um, he's no Mike Gesicki is like the uh, over the 95th percentile on everything. 40 yard dash speed, burst agility, catch radius. But Tunyon's not far off. I mean, he's 67th in agility. But he's up there for speed and 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 burst and catch radius. So I I read also about um uh from from one of the the fan the football guys the the football guys website where they talked about you know he's a red zone monster. Uh, um, he's uh where is it saying? Sorry, he's uh, Tunyon is an Aaron Rodgers favorite and should maintain a large enough role to be a tight end one even after Devonte Adams returns, which I thought was interesting. So I mean, I'm bought in because I picked him up, and I'm looking for a tight end who can score me some touchdowns because that's again they're not going to get crazy yards. Um, I'm fine with 25 yards and a touchdown. I'll take that. But I want to know what what did I make a right move here, Mike? So I mean, obviously time will tell, but. I think the big indicator to take from this is Lazard's injury, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's out four to eight weeks, I believe, or four something to eight weeks. along yeah. those lines. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, he had surgery. Valdez scanning, scantling isn't really doing the lot. No. So, and, and Rogers is just going off, you know, and having a, having a year where he's proving that he should have had more weapons. <laughs> Well, his... In the draft, and not, and not a not a replacement in the wing. Um, so <laughs> I, I I think it's a great pickup. I think he's going to get a lot of targets, um, and I I think you made it right. I think that's ultimately what you you have to. It's like the whole running back by committee. Um, Melvin Gordon's doing great right now, but once Lindsey comes back, you know it's going to eat into his numbers. Yep. You know, like right now with Lazard gone, who was the number two receiver. Um, the ball's got to go somewhere. So any team that, that is having these openings, whether it's COVID-related or whether it's injury-related, I mean, that's what you want to look for, right? Yeah. You want to look for, like, uh, there's how many mouths to feed. You know, I went after Johnny Smith uh, because I, I also heard Ryan Fitzpatrick was practicing with him in the offseason, but what, Corey Davis, he plays for them, right? Yeah, tennis tight. Yep. He was injured, so you're like, there's only so many places to pass the ball. Then he'll like to pass. Um, AJ Brown is out for a while. Yeah. So just, yeah, look for that. And I think you're going to do well. And uh, I think you've hit the formula. I, don't I mean, know. there's no, obviously, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I, that's the way I do it. And, you know. Well, our, our combined two and six record speaks volumes. That's it why does. we're. That's why we're leaving. No, you didn't have to put that in context. You could have just made it sound like we know what we're doing here. <laughs> I said that with such confidence that people would have fought it. Ah, oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> we're doing all right in the other leagues. So, hey, hey, we're doing all we're right doing, there. We're doing all right in the other leagues. You know, it's just, uh, you got players, they should perform. They don't, like, mix it. Why did he take all these weeks to break out? But he finally did for you. You know, I was having on and off weeks with Beckham Jr. and Kenyon Drake and. But that's, it, it happens. It's, it's fantasy football. 
Yep, that's the, the joys and perils of fantasy football. <laughs> Indeed. It's interesting because I've noticed even that, like, I, n- I noticed a lot of people online uh, talking about, you know, and, and one thing I really like about our league is I like the fact that, you know, realistically, if you're playing players on winning teams, you are more likely to win. And I think that's a part of fantasy to me is I, I get that, you know, I, there should be value in teams without, with losing records. But I think part of the fantasy is football is, is going, Hey, like if you can pick the players on the right team and get the, the scores and gets the points, then you can win. And I've noticed a lot of people who, and I don't know if they're just bitter, but they seem to, you know, they want to reduce the, what a touchdown is worth and give more points for, you know, okay, if this guy gets a, you know, a big play or this kind of thing. And I, I just was like, yeah, you're just trying to even this playing field where realistically it's like, no, if, you know, if you win, you win and you should win. Right. So. I, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I, I will say like, if a, a running back rushes for 98 yards and then, you know, the second guy comes in and goes two yards and gets a touchdown and gets a ton of points for a two yard dive. I can see how that stings a little bit, but um, I agree with your overall sentiment, and it does depend. The Falcons are a bad team, but usually, you know, Calvin Ridley scores a whole ton of points because even though they lose games, they they score a lot of points to lose. So it's not universal to get winning teams, but, yeah, for the most part, you want to look at, uh, especially not being in a PPR league. We're not in a PPR league, so, yeah, it makes sense. Good teams are a safe bet players. That's my thought. So, all right, let's talk about this week. Do I have any? I don't have anything. Let's talk about this week in terms of fantasy. I think there's a couple interesting games this week. One of them is uh, that I think is interesting is the. Um, oh, oh, I hit the wrong button. I hit the wrong thing. One of them I think is interesting is Steam and Willie Beeman versus Touchdown there, Jimmy versus John. Uh, and that's just the Josh Allen versus Russell Wilson kind of matchup that's, uh, that's facing up right now. Josh Allen is, of course, facing Tennessee. So we'll see what happens. Um, if that's the case, John really has no backup QB. So he's going to have to go to the waiver wire and try to figure out something there. Um, so, you know, that's, that to me is an interesting one because obviously these, these, I mean, Josh Allen and Russell Wilson have just both been going off like crazy. And, yeah, and I'm interested to see how, uh, you know, I think they've been a big factor in both of these guys when they've been winning these games. So when you've got both these guys facing off on off each other, they really cancel out. So I think it puts the rest of the team into question. you got Kamara versus Melvin Gordon, which is, I mean, Mel, really Kamara versus Melvin Gordon and Chris Carson, which you go, you know, it's going to be an interesting matchup. And, and Kelsey versus Kittle, like this is a good game, man. This is a good game. Kittle right really here. bounced back. Like he came out. I was wondering how he was going to be, especially since he, I was facing him in our my matchup last week. And Kittle really, he came back in full throttle. So yeah, that's going to be 183 be a yards. Good at it's going to be a good one. So I think this is really a matchup for this week. This is a really good one uh, for you. You're facing uh, you're facing Will and Dirty Girl. How are you feeling about that? I guess you haven't really had a look at it, eh? I haven't had a chance to really look at it yet. Um, I know I've been trying. To, I got to get, got to get my kicker out. Get a new kicker in because my kicker's on by. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll check it over. 
Just yep. try to figure out who to play where and hopefully get a win. Yeah, the interesting point here is he's got Roethlisberger and Brady. So, I mean, I'm guessing at this point you're putting in Brady. So, I mean. Yeah, not neither are great ugh. options this year. Although Brady, Brady did Brady did uh, pretty well last week. The second half was amazing. So A little bit. So it'll be interesting to see because at the same point, you've got him against Chicago which has not really been a uh, very point-giving, um, uh, uh, you know, not really been great for the uh, fantasy quarterbacks. No, no quarterback yeah. yet has scored over 20 points on Chicago. In fact, uh, I think wow. something about uh, them being one of the, f- the only teams that has not allowed a score in the red zone yet, even though there's been drops, whatever, but that's football. And then you got Ben Roethlisberger, who's facing off against Philadelphia. And, of course, Philadelphia has been a little bit hit or miss, but Goff and Burrow both scored 23 and 20 points, so it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And you, on your hand, you got Matt Ryan and Joe Burrow, so, you know, that's a... Yeah. I'm actually, you know, I'm going to have to sit down and talk to both Matt Ryan and Joe Burrow and see which one of them is going to be ready to play on the weekend. (laughs) Well, Matt Ryan looked looked pretty mad but he did i can't believe dan quinn is still there it, i i was i could i can't believe it i can't believe that he's still there after after last year i mean i don't know what they're waiting for they looked bad they looked bad yeah. on monday you know he, he probably won't last him and patricia are the next coaches i'm expecting to see question question to say the least i think that would make sense well all right man i think we've gone long enough i don't want to make these too long these days got to keep them short so i don't have as big a commute to listen to them what's up i'm good all right well i mean (laughs) in terms of that this is mike and mike signing off and of course always fred here as well and we'll see you guys all next week cheers everybody